This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, David Sisboomba, Sammy McKee. All right, that's about as much energy as I got today. <laughs> you sound a little raspy today. I, you know what happened. <laughs> what you tell me? I oh. went to the game last uh. night, and I had to sing the anthem <laughs> because the mic went out, and my voice has not been the same since. That's right. That's right. What a hell of a job I did. You did. I, you nailed it. It sounded like the whole building singing. Yes. <laughs> you're, really you sing, you're singing the verse Once from I, the share club? What's that? You're singing the first... Uh, the first uh, verse from the Share Club. <laughs> yeah, that might add something to do with my voice as well. <laughs> Love it. Thanks to my buddy Sunil. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, good times, yeah. huh? Yeah. No, no, not a good time because the boys lost. Yeah, the boys lost. We're more in mourning today. And doesn't seem like everybody was very cheerful after a two nothing lead. Yeah. Blown. Blown. So we'll get into that so much more. We've got uh, Mike McKenna will be by in about 45 minutes. Hall of Famer Adam Oates. I loved having him on last time. Yeah, really interesting guy. Really, really good conversation. Always had with Adam Oates. So let's go back last night. Just seems like at least the Leafs had it figured out against the Buffalo Sabres. They went in 2-0 and against them this season. And they weren't going to be one of those teams that you underperformed or yeah. underachieved. But that's exactly what happened last night. Our boy Sammy called a 4-3 Sabres win last night. He just called overtime. But, boy, pretty prescient stuff there. Sammy. Yes? You knew it was coming. Yeah. it's Listen, I said word for word last <laughs> night, like, like right before the end of our show, that it had been over a week since they played down to an opponent, and, uh, you know, they were due, and it happened. Can I tell you okay. that he just says it like it's just part of doing business. It right. is. Part of cheering for this Leafs team. It, Kipper, you'd this be, is what you sign up you'd for. You'd be lying apparently. to yourself if you thought it wasn't part of doing business with this team. It is. Well, you know how the part of business works for them in April, too, right? Yeah, it's, yeah I do. I've, so, I'm I familiar. Mean, is, is is there a correlation here? Can you kind of connect the dots here, Sammy? Or no, we're not we're not doing correlation that. Correlation does not equal causation, sir. I don't know. <laughs> I, listen, I don't think they. I don't think it's the same. I think they have a multitude of issues. This core. I mean, and we have two hours. I don't think we want to get into the issues that and flaws that have been with this team for the last eight years. Yeah. But I don't think playing down to opponents and losing in the first round to well, maybe I guess. The Montreal one would be a good conversation. But outside of that, yeah, maybe Columbus, maybe. But outside of that, I don't think there's a lot of correlation between them playing bad against crappy teams and losing to the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning last year. One thing I would love to do uh, would be go back to their recent games where they've lost to bad teams. I think they come out pretty good against almost all of them. And they if they score an easy goal, if they get a lead, it doesn't seem to me like they just go in and get run over. They go out and they get up and they go, Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. These guys suck. We're up a goal, or we're up two goals in this isn't case. That like the, and that's when they turn it off. Isn't that like, oh, it's really bad? No killer instinct. Yeah, we're back to that now. Mm-hmm. They can't just close. 
It, it just feels to me like, and I've said this for years about this Leafs team, they want to win with the least amount of extra effort necessary. So if they can play at 70% and get the win, you're getting 70%. You're never getting 75 just in case. And I feel like when they got up last night, they just thought, hey, if we even play it half as good as we can play, we're still going to come out of this with a point or two. And yeah, they turned it off. They left it up to Matt Murray to hold them in there and save the day. And uh, that did not happen, boy. Four straight game, five straight games where Matt Murray has surrendered four or more goals, five in a row. First time in his career. Yeah. Okay. Is that where we're going to start then? I don't, I don't know if I want to start. Start, start on the over. Yeah, I don't want to start there either. Because Let's... I don't think, listen, you can talk about Matt Murray's play, and we will, but I don't think last night is the reason they they lost is Matt Murray. No, they got outshot 17-3 in the second okay. period. Yeah. All right, let's go to the overall view from Sheldon Keefe, uh, and then we'll break it down a little bit more. I thought we had a real struggle kind of get out of our end and through the neutral zone here tonight and uh, times forced it, especially through that second period. Got away on us there, and then you're... Through most of the second period, I thought we played on, like, we're trying to break out and trying to get out of our end tired, consistently tired, 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 tired. And and that's what happens in the second period a lot of times, and normally it goes the other way, where that's where we take over games and that's where we dominate teams. We got two goals early in the period, obviously, Puts us in a good spot, um, and I didn't think we took care of it very well from there, and then just allowed it to to snowball. I mean, that's that's one of the top teams in the NHL in terms of time spent in the offensive zone. So when you, when you don't exit your end, your out of your zone cleanly, get through the neutral zone, they get rolling, they get momentum, and now you're tired and you can't play your game. And I thought that's a lot of what happened in the second period. Um, yet we're still out of that. 2-1. Right? We're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a real good spot. I thought we started well in the third period. I liked our start. You know, Willie gets a breakaway there, 2-1. And obviously that's that's a, a big moment in the game. You know, we don't score on that. And, uh, you know, they score you know, long, not long after. So, you know, I thought I thought we played better in the third. You know, our second period was our, was our worst period by far, maybe of the season, to be honest. That's a lot of talking. He said a lot of words. Uh, I will address one of the things he said about Buffalo being one of the top offensive teams in terms of time spent in the opposing zone. I just pulled it up while he was talking. Um, They're second, second best in the NHL at ozone possession time, um, first in rush chances, and second in forecheck chances. So offensively, they do a lot of good things, right? They're third in the NHL in goals for. Good offensive team, so basically not the time to think you have the game won when you're up 2-0 with a lot of hockey left. I I think bef- you know it's pretty obvious for a Leafs show and it's a it's a trend that they show, but I think the Buffalo Sabers are due some respect here for the way they turned it on after they went down to zip. Like yeah. they did take advantage of a team that went to sleep a little bit, but to me you could see that there is one team that's in a playoff race that's desperate for their playoff lives, and there's one team that's kind of cruising to the finish line, and it was obvious from the, the the time when they went down 2 nothing to the end of the game, which was which, right? Yep. You know, if we're going through issues to, you know, we're, it's a generalization to say motivation or to say, you know, whatever it may be for this group last night in terms of, like, psychoanalyzing them. But, like, some pretty dumb mistakes. Like, how many times is Lilligren standing beside a guy who shot the puck in the net? 
I don't know if if Gustafson can play well enough to play his way into the lineup. I don't know if, you know, Shen can play his way in, but I know guys can play their way out, right? Like you're heading into playoffs and you need to defend well. It's possible to play your way out. I I, I disagree with you. Okay. Sheldon doesn't play guys out of the lineup. I think there's ample opportunity for him to turn around and, and bench people or sit yeah. them down other than maybe how many times have we seen that all year? We just experienced it a little bit with bunting getting shuffled down, mm-hmm. but maybe it's time to send bigger messages to, to this lineup. That we, we just had that chat before the show about Riley, you know, and I was like, it's too late to do anything drastic. Is it too late? I don't do you know. Think? I, I, maybe it's happening already. I, I look on a game like last night, how many minutes do you think he played? I actually looked. 18 and a half. That's not number one defense status. No. 7D status. Yeah, every, everyone eight. played around that though, right? Like, you know, the top, the top guy making seven and a half million dollars. Correct. Supposed to be your number one defenseman. Correct. How many minutes did Owen Power play last night? I actually don't know, um, but 24? Almost 27. Yeah. <laughs> He was plus two in that game last night. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Darlene had his lunch eaten by the Leafs. He was, I mean, not a great night for Darlene. No, but power and was great. Uh, I think his numbers reflected it as well because I think he was down. Oh, put your phone on silent there, Kippy. Yeah, thanks, pal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a that was, in the jar. That was my that was my reminder. Nice work. I think he I think he played I think six minutes less than Owen power what a world eh like Darlene he's getting Norris trophy buzz and not that one game takes it away but like when you play six minutes less than someone else on your team in a game your team comes back and wins you're not the most important guy on your decor well they full stop they chose like I was really watching it closely because of my prediction about Darlene and Matthews getting into it yeah and it wasn't Darlene who was matched up with Matthews it was power and uh god Yoki Haru is that right right. thank you he played 27 last night. So it was them that were matched yes. up against the Leafs' top guys. Yeah, he was about 24, 25 minutes, I think. Uh, Yogi Haru? Yeah. He was 27. Oh, was he 27? Yes. Oh, God. They played. They were, they were all in like and, a playoff game and, last and night. And Darlene played 21-18, and three minutes and 30 of that were at on the power play. And I got to say. Oh. We almost... <laughs> My God, that looks good. We almost buried the Sabres yesterday. They're not out of it. They're not out of it. They're five points back of the Islanders now, and they got two games in hand. I know it's hard. That's a monster win for them. That's a monster monster win. To come in here and be down two zip and fight back, four unanswered, shut it down. Regulation win. But I'm glad you brought up power because he made that play on the first goal where he picked up the puck in his own zone. I swear it was two strides through the neutral zone. Walks into the offensive zone, spin around, no look pass, right on a 22 stick who ends up scoring. So he, I think he's going to be he's, my favorite player, my favorite so D after Kelman. He's going to win a Norris like, so in, in a few years. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He, he is. I watched him last he night. He do it all. And, and he's going to fill correct out me if I'm wrong, Did he just turn 20? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, no way. way. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. Just turn 20. Oh, my God. Okay. Six six two eighteen twenty years so, old. Um, skates like the wind. I got, I got those seats about eight rows behind the net. Oh yeah, yeah. In, you were sitting uh, pretty Buffalo's. last night. All I did was watch him. Yeah, he never came off the ice as we just alluded to. Yeah, but the way the guy goes back 
and looks over his shoulder about a thousand times. Yeah. By the time he picks up a puck off the boards in his own zone, he knows where everybody is. Yeah. It's like head on a swivel, like constant with this guy. Really? It was so much fun to watch him and watch him processing. Yeah. And then doing the math and then picking up the Just best. Just memorizing what the scene looks like behind him as he goes back for the touch. And you watched the Leaf defense last night. It was like they were all wearing neck braces. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, they Sabres are going to be a monster problem very soon. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go too no. far on the Sabres. But, like, in but the next two or three there. years, yeah. they are going to be good with the Leafs. Legit. And then you had Anderson, who like turns back. Looked like an NHL goalie last Let's night. Turn back, yeah. So goaltenders over the age of forty that uh, sorry, goaltenders over the age of forty have won four straight decisions versus the Maple Leafs. That's three for Craig Anderson, and one for David Ayers. Oh my God! Oh my! God. <laughs> this team, man, <laughs> just torture me more, please. I dare you, Matt Murray. Oh well, no, we're not doing that yet. Not do you want to do it? I don't know. I want to talk more about the D. I want to talk more okay. about Lilligren. Um, so you disagree that you can play your way down or I just out. think the way he – you just listen to his comments now, Sheldon's, of course, on all our Kippers Clippers, and it's – he can't find anything negative to say about this team right now, and I think he's just worried that either they're fragile or that he tried it once already and it didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. But – I just, I don't see him, I don't see him sitting anyone's ass down. I don't see him doing it now as a, like, punishment, go figure it out or you're not going to get back in, but I see him sitting there on the whiteboard with, you know, six D-men to pick and Lilligren's not playing great and him going to, looks like, playoffs last year. We want to get Shen in to begin the series, and if Shen plays well and they're winning, I don't know. Can I ask you guys a question about the decor? Please. If you were watching the Toronto Maple Leafs and you had no idea about any f- contract situations or any, you know, in a vacuum. Yes. On merit, if you were looking to take somebody out for a couple games, who would it be? I mean, it's probably Lilligren for me last night. Okay. Are you trying yeah. to get me to say Morgan Riley? No, I'm not trying to get you to say anything. I'm just wondering what you're <laughs> But Morgan answer. would be in the conversation for sure. He is just... Like, can you just, is there another word besides struggling? No. Can I give you expected goals from last night? Do you care? Yeah. Useful or useless? Use, useful. Of the today. all the expected goals that were happening while Morgan Riley was on the ice last night, 90% were against the Leafs and 10% were for the Leafs when Riley was on the ice last night at five on five. That doesn't sound good. No, no. <laughs> you don't want those numbers. <laughs> so you're not solely to blame for them, right? You don't know how things unfold, but that's a big Swing. Just not creating. Right. Well, one way he is. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be honest. This has become a hot-button issue. In my DMs, I get people saying, is today the day you guys say Morgan Riley should be sat? Is today the day they take Morgan Riley off the power play? Like, I, people, there is a, Leafs Nation needs to have someone, and it's never been Morgan. The, it's frothing up a little bit. Not a little bit. He's the number one. The number one. He is now the He's now taken over the Jake Gardner Memorial whipping boy status. 
It is wow. the name of the trophy, by the way. I didn't. I, I didn't see that coming. Neither did I. Neither did I. But I guess as soon as you signed that long-term deal, and which, like, on the at, open at the market, end of the day, it looked still pretty good. It did when it's he still, signed it. But is it? I don't know. <laughs> Here's my question, though, wiping the smile off my face. How much of a problem is that for them? Going into this series against Tampa Bay. I don't think they can win. With Riley playing poorly. Yes. That sounds I like don't. a pretty big problem. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be asked to play the most minutes. And he's going to be asked, likely, if he's playing with TJ Brody, they're going to be used defensively, which is maybe why they won't play him with Brody. But I it- just, again, when you... We'll see where the, everybody is health-wise, but mm-hmm. when you're up against a headman or last night an Owen Power and you don't have one of those on the other side, it makes it really difficult. Yeah. Does, yeah, it does, and you know, I, I think back to playoffs in the past, and Riley's been awesome for the Leafs. Like he's been really good in the playoffs, just to my eye. He scored a couple of big goals last year for them in the postseason, uh, a couple of really big goals actually. So, you know, the hope is that he's one of those guys that raises his level and finds another gear. But you don't want to be going into the playoffs with too many guys where you go, well, hopefully they flip the switch. One of those guys, by the way, has flipped it the last so, couple of games. I thought Matthews was awesome last night. Agree. So just going back to um, the last couple of years for Morgan Riley in the playoffs, and, and all the – just looking at the games played is so heartbreaking. Seven, seven, five, seven, seven. It's like, oh, my God. I know, and the five was also a yes, seven. Yes, I know. So, you know, he's six points in seven games last year for them. You know, three points in seven games the year before, one point in five games, you know, five points five points five points like he has been offensive for them in terms of but like i think the leafs have enough around him now where they don't that's not really what they they just need need him to make good plays from him it's just more about the decision making kipper and you've been on this it's just yeah he doesn't maybe it's a lack of confidence he knows what's going on with him he knows the conversation surrounding him but it just seems that his roots the roots. Is that the, right? In the time he for picked, me, yeah. And he, and I, I, again, I watched him last night. I think it was uh, Quinn's goal. Yeah, that he batted it out of the air. Yeah, it was. Yep. Just between him and uh, was it uh, Lilligren? Yep. Come on, too just too too easy to get to the net. Yeah, and it's because your your route is is wrong defending. For me, the, yeah. So I agree with Riley on the routes. Like it's very circuitous. Not a lot of stops and starts. Yes. Just kind of. Uh, and for me, Lilligren is often in the right place, but standing beside someone who shoots it in the net. He doesn't tie up a stick or get a guy. You know what I mean? Like he's in the right places a lot. We should listen to Keith. Actually, talked about letting the Sabers get to the front of the net. Why don't we have Keith on okay. talking about that? I mean, on the four goals, yes. Um, I don't know that we gave up a whole well, what lot. What else are we talking about? I mean, I think the whole first 30 minutes of the hockey game, I don't know if they had a shot from the slot. Uh, I think they might have one pass out uh, late in the first period uh, there uh, off of a breakout turnover. So I, we, we were playing fine defensively. You know, it, to me, the, more, the, the greater concern was just how we, our inability to come out of our end clean and get to the neutral zone. And at times when we did, the next play wasn't good enough or wasn't smart enough. I mean, they're uptight. They're pressing and we're up to... You know, you got to manage that, uh, manage that better. We have done that well lately as a team. Um, you know, the, the way we handled being up in the third in Calgary, being up in in, uh, in New Jersey, you know, being up uh, the Oilers. Like we've we, we've we've managed these things well here of late. Didn't do it today. 
So other than the four times they scored, they did a great job in front of the net. I'm also looking at the heat map from last night. The Sabres have <laughs> plenty kind of, of opportunities from the... Oh, you yeah. mean the four goals? Yeah. yeah. It's funny, too, because it's not like... It's not like other than the two goals or other than no, the goal four. that scored. It's like <laughs> other than the half a dozen times. Yeah. Uh, so I get they've done it well. And I said to you guys before the show, I was like, I wish it could be... Ah, they had a bad night. Didn't go their way. But it's like we're really close to a pivotal series in Maple Leaf history, if I may be dramatic. No, you're not. It it could result in the turnover of GM, coach, star players. Like, it's been an unbelievable run of years. It all hinges on what starts in four or five weeks. So... For, for We don't get the luxury of going, ah, well, it's just a few goals. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. The stakes are high. No, I, stakes are really honestly, high. Honestly, Borny, I hadn't really thought of it like that until you just laid it out like that. Yeah. But it's true. There is a lot on the line here. And there is way too much tinkering going on for my liking. And I, way too much yeah. praising of a goalie who's been objectively bad. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't. Like I know that they've won some games against good teams, and they I know they're only it's lose to bad almost teams. I just there's some concern. as if like they're trying to talk themselves into it. Hundred percent there. Yeah, I hear that too. You know, um, it, yeah. And you've got sixteen games left. They're not many. No, that's and that's probably why you're you're trying to talk yourself into. Thinking that you're you're better than you are. Well, and maybe it's not even thinking so much as the only way to get the most out of players, or they believe it is, is to just fuel them with confidence. Hugs. Hugs. Just hugs, not hugs. drugs. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever it takes. We do have a quote from Keith on balancing winning and preparing for the playoffs. Sammy talked about too much tinkering. Is that a natural place to go next? Yes. All right, let's do that. Minus the hugs. <laughs> well, there's some hugs. That are with an eye towards one win every game, and that's, that's our approach. We're trying to put our players in the best spot possible to win every game while also having an eye towards what's coming, whether that's you know look, trying different things that you may, may want to look at at certain times, or sometimes maybe you have to. You know, um, right around this time last year, you know, our line of Bunting, Matthews, and Marner was tearing apart the league, and Matthews was rolling through. And then, right before the playoffs start, Michael Bunting gets injured, and all of a sudden, we we need to find a new left winger to play there. So, like, you know, different things happen that I think we you know you want to get a want to get ahead of. That's just one example of things that can change. So, you know, we we are certainly you know trying trying some things that uh, that are with an eye towards either scenarios that might happen or like we talked about yesterday. I mean, with the seven defensemen and getting Gustafson involved, I just think it's important, you know, here with O'Reilly's injury that you have these guys in the lineup and in uniform and with your group because you just, you never know if or when you're going to need them. I get what he's trying to say, but to me, it's he's just going way over the top on scenarios that may happen, but scenarios that may not happen too. Yep. Exactly. You're preparing for the worst, and the worst may not happen. And it's like, what do you value? On a top five team. (laughs) What do you value more? Chemistry and having set lines and having guys rolling into the playoffs. To me, you should try to have your ideal lineup ready, and if something does happen, you deal with it then, as opposed to preparing for the the opposite way. 
you know, I, I can see, you know, the, the holes in that argument about preparing, making sure you're prepared for everything. But it is an interesting point about being a punch first guy versus a react, retaliatory type of guy. Is the team setting up to take Tampa's punches and react with all these different things? Or are they so, saying, here's how we're optimized. Here's how we're at our best and make Tampa respond to what we're going to bring. Right now, it does feel like a lot of preparing for a coming hurricane, if you will, mm. um, rather than the old bring in the initiate, hurricane. don't retaliate. Right. And right now, it feels like they're planning to be, you know, the punch back team rather than the build for the best version of themselves. All right. Let's. Uh, I don't like. Do that. we have keep on motivation? Yeah. So Steve Simmons asked him about keeping your guys motivated. With, it's the same question. It's about, you know, they're settled in this spot and how you keep them going. And it was a good question if you want to hear the answer. I do. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, it's challenging in that sense, Steve. Just, be, you know, you don't have that. But we got there's enough to play for here, right? I mean, it's still tight enough that if you let your, your foot off the gas, not only are you now losing home ice, but you've got other, other teams. I mean, there's Buffalo being one, teams that are, you know, teams in our division that are, that are really uh, battling to try to stay alive in the playoff race and, you don't take care of your games, all of a sudden, you know, those guys are within reach. So there's, there's enough there, not to mention the fact that we're trying to get our game together. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's these are the kind of games sometimes maybe if, you know, we, we go through Saturday night, it's Oilers, it's, every, you know, all that comes with that. You know, you're here, it's, it's a Monday night, but this is a divisional team, maybe it's not the same level of urgency in that sense. And maybe you don't have your best, so you've got to play with intelligence. You've got to play very smart, manage the game. We're up 2 nothing with 10 minutes left in the second period on home ice. I get to win that game every time. He's, yeah, that's, that's great. Is the, the, his best clip right there. Yeah. And end of story. No explanations, no nothing. You've got to win the game. You've got to shut the door. That's what good teams do. You're not young anymore. This isn't learning lessons anymore. You either should be able to do it or you can't. Mm-hmm. It's not Saturday night versus the Oilers, so maybe you don't have that same sort of just drive from external circumstances. You need to find it inside to just play smart. But that's the argument for the playoffs that – they will be, you know, that they will be fine going into the playoffs again, that you're like, yeah. well, it matters, and you hope that you, you you turn it on and it matters and you look like you're motivated like they have against good teams. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they look good against the Oilers, looking good against New Jersey. They've played well, and they got a good one coming in on Wednesday. They're going to have to look really good against Colorado. Like, that's how you convince yourself that they're going to be all right. For sure. But, I mean. And it's not getting any easier. No. Colorado tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Desperate. Uh, Carolina on Friday with no uh, Sveshnikov. Yeah, big blow. Who we think he's done for the season. We'll get into yeah. that a little later on. And then right back at you with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Like, you want desperate teams? You got them. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. You're going to get the best of a lot of teams, and I think that's good for sharpening your game for the playoffs, right? You don't want to walk over a bunch of uh, teams tanking to the bottom, so... Yeah, maybe it puts them in a good position to win. Should we do the goalie part now? Well, you have to because we are – it is set up for a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So, clearly, Matt, Moore, Matt Murray's getting a lot more work this week. 
Yes. So the, that's Friday and Saturday night with Carolina, Ottawa. He'll get one of those two games. I wonder if at Ottawa makes sense. They like to give guys run in their old teams. So we believe Samsonov is going to play tomorrow night against Colorado. And then you go f- Samsonov again in Carolina or uh, no, the games uh, yeah, in Toronto. here in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you know... You may, How does it shape up? Yeah, probably you want Samsonov tomorrow, and then you'd like to give him more than a day in between if you can. You might as well go Murray against Carolina and Samsonov versus Ottawa, even but if it isn't a cute little narrative. We're sure that Samsonov's starting tomorrow night? Not sure, no. But boy, don't so, need to feel uneasy about his health if he's not ready. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't know. You don't I, believe what? That he's not healthy. No, you think he's fine? I think he's fine. It's just like a little throwaway thing at the end of a sentence that he said because he knows that it's kind of weird that they gave Mary his start after he was yeah. horrible on Saturday night. That's my thought. But I don't know if Kipper knows anything about Samsonov, but it just, I don't know, it just feels like that's a convenient thing to say at that point. I don't know. Do you guys want to hear some Murray stats? Let's uh, have them. Yeah. First 11 starts, seven wins, seven, two, and two. With a 246 goals against average and a 924 save percentage. Hmm. Just very nice start to his season. Yes. His last 11 starts, he's 5 5 and 0 with a 342 and an 877. I saw a stat. I'm not sure how accurate it is. Okay. Um, I'll credit Mike Haslam. Okay. Murray, since January 1st. A save percentage of eight sixty? Thirty one. Oh my of what? Eight thirty one. Since January first. All right. Goals against average of three point five zero. Mm-hmm. Well, the numbers may look Oof. bad, but he's looked great to my okay. eye. Let's listen to the coach <laughs> talk about Matt Murray. I think he's been great. <laughs> well, the numbers look terrible. <laughs> But again, here tonight, I thought he was really good. I mean, there's four tap-ins. I mean, they're like, they're, what are they, three feet or less in front of the crease. Um, you know, pass out on the, on the winning goal from below the goal line. That's about, as, that's about as dangerous a chance as you can give up in the NHL. We cannot allow that to happen. That's very poor penalty killing by us. You know, we're, we, were, we were laid around our net on a couple but I thought he made some good saves. He was really solid in the first half of the second period. You know, when we were really a little bit, he was really solid. Huge breakaway save in the third period. So, again, I've said this about Samsonov, too. You know, uh, previously at times, sometimes the numbers don't look great because we don't give up a lot of shots. Uh, the quality chances today were just, you, know, we, you can't give those. We can't give those type of looks up. Is that the same team with the quality of chances that it only gave up four all game or something? They actually well, defended that's a, great. It's a great question by you, Justin. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thoughts? First thing that comes to mind is, and I don't know exactly this time last year when they were m- mentioned, but drastically different than head coach of the Ottawa Senator, DJ. Yeah. When he spoke of how frustrating Matt Murray was to him last year and the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a psychological thing now with Sheldon and how he wants to handle Matt Murray here. For sure. That's it. That 
confident. Just, I can't go. He, we can't let him get down that rabbit hole of last season, yeah, where he was basically kicked to the curb by the Ottawa Senators. He's waved through the league, right? I so mean, it doesn't really matter. He's he Matt could have let in eleven. Right? It, Sheldon's it, not coming out and ripping a strip. No, off it, or it's the opposite of that. It's he's great. We stink. Yeah. I, you know, it feels like the time. It's kind of an insult to our intelligence, though. When you're just coming out here and just saying stuff that's just objectively wrong. Yeah. Like, he has not been great. No, and he my, my, my biggest quibble with that whole great thing is that... We do not Oh, agree. he stopped a breakaway here or whatever. Like, you're supposed to make some tough saves. That's you're what, an NHL yeah, that's goalie. goalies do in the NHL. They you make, make a, $5 yeah. million dollars a year... To be a starter, which means you're one of the 32 best players on earth in the position, and you're expected to make some tough saves, let alone the ones you're supposed to make. I mean, you get good chances in the NHL today. You have to make some tough ones. So to point to a few and say it's been fine, whatever, he's on his stomach for the one that goes up under the bar. Like, I'm not going to say he was terrible last night, but I am going to say that whatever they're doing is clearly for Matt Murray's psychological state and not reality. Okay. The other, the other angle is Wall. Oh, come on. I'm just saying, with 16 games to go, you got to cover your ass because all of this is going to come down like an avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> I already said pun, hurricane. You're saying avalanche. Pun. God, you guys are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah. If you don't cover yourself in some capacity, like. Sheldon's got to look like, you know, you want to you want to create scenarios in your head. Then if that's what you're going to do, then you have to go all the way and find a game to get Wall in, who I think technically is a way better goalie than Matt Murray all day long. Yeah. Well, there's a reason but I was sitting here could, banging the drum for a goalie at the deadline. How could you be worse? Those numbers that you read off, the numbers that I wrote off, like, that is not NHL caliber goaltending. Well, I think this is one of the places you guys, t- you know, we talked about, are you preparing for the worst or preparing to be at your best? You know, maybe they think a good Matt Murray is them at their best, and that's kind of what they want to see. They want to see him get to be the guy they've seen him to be. He's 28 years old, 29 years old. Like, I mean, there's also the perspective, and we talked about this last night at least talk, that Maybe they're giving him this stretch to just prove to him, be like, hey, man, like, we gave you your opportunity. Numbers weren't good enough, and we're going to yeah. go with the other guy. Yeah. Then you can be a little bit more forthright on your co- your comments then than instead this. of completely oh, right. putting a warm blanket around him. Yeah. No, you're right. That's all. Nah, don't and you don't have to don't you be a pro that. about it. You don't have to bury him, but... We we need better from everybody, including Matt Murray. That's all it takes. That's not good enough last night. From first to last man on this roster, it wasn't good enough last night. We will be an easy out in the first round if we don't get this in order. Give them a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. We all feel it. I would like to see them flip some switch where it's like, We've been building here. We're building. We're building all oh, confidence, chance, opportunity. Take a step. It's over. 
right? It's over. You're here. You've arrived at the time you're supposed to be there, and the people who aren't there don't get to play. So if that's Matt Murray and he's not playing well, well enough, then fine. Doesn't play. And if that's Timothy Lilligren, fine. Doesn't play. Like, there is, there to me, the time for building confidence and working towards and all that, it's done. We've been talking about that for 40 years of uh, learning lessons and building. Yeah. And, and it's like, you can't still be saying that no. stuff. And that's, I think people do that a lot in hockey for job preservation purposes. It's like, uh, oh, as soon as you become GM of a team, it's announce a rebuild, guarantees you five years to see how things go, yada, yada. No one wants to say it's now or never, you know, until you're five or seven years in or whatever this whole thing has been, dubious and the whole march. But it, the building time's over for the Leafs. There's no more progress. There's no more time for growth. It's, it's times now. Couldn't agree more. Did uh, does Sheldon get asked about Wayne Simmons' availability, or is there going to be a he, chance for him to play? And I think he kind of shut it down. Did he? Yeah, he, not? he uh, was asked about it. La- I think two days ago. Yeah, in the morning, and he just said it's not high in the priority list. Okay. Oh, also, there was a clip from the last night that I wanted to bring up. That I, it was hard to undercut. There wasn't much to it. But the, a reporter asked him a question about defensive responsibilities for William Willie Nylander and Mitch Marner. During with 11 and 7, if it changes or whatever. And Sean Keith looked at the reporter and said, You're overthinking it. And I was like, ah, That's pretty rich. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. He said, You're overthinking it. And he said it kind of in a hushed tone, like, <laughs> He's overthinking it? <laughs> yeah. It's not me, it's him. Yeah. Is Anyways. it me? No, it's you. But yeah, he said that the Sheldon, he said that uh, getting Simmons back involved wasn't really high on the priority list. Yeah. Wow. But that's one of those things that that's hard to do and tough. I'm well, sure it's stealings, new- but. Whoever asked that question, the only reason I brought it up is like you know, if someone's going to ask him about Wayne Simmons, someone asked him about uh, Wall I, this week. I'll put it. I'll put it to our intrepid reporter. Right? Yeah. Just hey, any uh, we're going to see Wall playing any games? That's going to get you uh, the fire breath for sure. Well, Luke, the way Fo- he's talking about hey, Luke no, Fox not high has on been- my priority list. Well, move it up, <laughs> <laughs> move it up, buddy. Rearrange the list. Well, get it. It was, Get it, it going. It was Luke who asked about Wayne Simmons. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll put in a request. See if our boy will ask for us. Oh, that, he'll that, ask. He will ask. You're right. Maybe, maybe he's listening right now. Luke, are you listening? Bob, ask about Joe Wall. Bobby McMahon is is healthy and ready. You've for, got for our, our nice color uh, schedule here. If you were to pick one game for Wall to get in, yeah, which I got, one? I got it at. 2023 24 November 14th. <laughs> uh, it's too late. I think it's too late. I kind of do too. It'll be the only goalie signed by then. <laughs> yeah, oh my it very God. well could be. I just think it's too late, no? I don't think so. And I'm, you know, 16 games is 16 games. How about, how about Sunday, March 26th in Nashville? Oh, good on one. the second well, half of a back-to-back. But, okay, so then then what? So he goes in there, and he's awesome. Gives up one goal. Okay. Good. They win You're trying to win one. hockey games. I, I'm sorry, but, like, if, if Samsonov, you know, doesn't look great by the end of the week, I, I think I think Wall starts coming a lot sooner. Oh, like you think there might be a, an injury concern or something, I, and then he gets called up or whatever. I just think that... You've got to send a message here. We got three goalies in the organization right now that we're confident in, and uh, um, 
this guy's going to push you guys a little bit here down the stretch. I'm not letting you is get this, comfortable. Is this the fairy tale that Leafs fans tell years from now? Yes. The brick wall came the, up and the, finally made himself known. The, the okay. next Bennington. Yeah. I, I'd be very fine. I don't care who's in that. <laughs> Just stop. You know bar. what I want to hear from Wool because I haven't heard him speak before is I want him to be like Bennington and be like incomprehensibly arrogant. That would make me feel way better. Oh, like he's just like a total. Yeah, like, like I'm the best. Yeah. I should be in that. I, that. What took you so long? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> Frankly, it's ridiculous to say. Have you seen my numbers? Look at that guy over there. And I wanted to point at Murray and be like, look at him. How am I not, how am I not <laughs> being here? <laughs> He looks like he's in Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yeah. Look at him. Look at Arthur Shelby over there. He's seen enough. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We got Mike McKenna uh, after the break. Daily face-off hockey analyst. Uh, always does a great job breaking down the goalies. We'll get his thoughts on Matt Murray, Samsonov, and what's Wall's first name? Joseph? Close. No, you're right. It is oh. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph Wall. There it is. Maybe we'll get to know his name a lot better That's right. in a week. We'll ask Mike McKenna after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nothing, Sammy. We good to go? Oh, nice. Nice. All right. That's the best uh, I can do for Matt. Uh, Mike McKenna. Mike. Mike, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I was just waiting for the big intro you usually give me. This is quick. We must be getting right to the meat, the meat and the potatoes here. Oh, listen, right? there's we no time rock? for your, um, your like, 18-league uh, <laughs> resume. It takes too long. I get it. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> hockey, dude. Let's do it, man. <laughs> hey, um, fourth best team in the league, and JB and my boy Sammy are just ripping on the goalie right now. I feel some Come guilt. on, you, you got to bring some love to Leaf Nation. Tell them it's not as bad as it seems, and this is just a little uh, blip in uh, Matt Murray's uh, season. Go. Well, I mean... You know, I, I don't disagree with what Sheldon Keith said about where the goals came from last night on Murray. They were all really close to him. I didn't think that the goals were particularly bad in any way. What I do have concern about is the structure that he plays with and how robotic he is and how rebounds just bounce off of him. And it's upper body, it's lower body. They tend to sit there. And I'm not sure how sustainable that's going to be when you start to play against better competition. It's going to track, get to the net as often as other teams will when they're better teams. And right now you can call Buffalo a better team. Alex tucks back in the lineup. It changes everything for that team. They were two, five and one without him. So, I, I mean, I've never had a ton of confidence, unfortunately, in Murray, especially knowing that it's been several years since he's been at his best. And with the injuries involved, I wasn't sure how he'd be able to elevate his game this season. Um, and so, Am I concerned there? I mean, yeah, with Murray, I think Samsonov has been fine, though. Um, He's not the most crisp goaltender. He's not the most technically proficient, but he's had a pretty good year so far. So, I mean, if you're thinking about who's going to ride into the Stanley Cup playoffs, I just hope that the Leafs don't fall victim to thinking that, hey, we've got a guy who's won two Stanley Cups. We have to put him in the net. I hope they're playing whoever is best when it comes time for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
How much do you think that Matt Murray's struggles can be rust, can be coming back from injury? Like, he hasn't had any consistent run of play in a while. I just thought watching him versus the Oilers, there's the fourth goal. I don't know if you saw the dry sidle one-timer that he mm-hmm. doesn't quite get across the net on. There's the cane wraparound. Like, it's stuff to me that, like, Mike, like, you make those saves, right, if you're out there. I, so I just, I can't I don't know if it's rust or what it is, but it just, I'm looking for a way to say that, like, he can find that again. But, boy, it's pretty concerning. Well, it hasn't been there for several years, and okay, that's really right. been my knock. You can go back to even our conversations a year ago when this, or less than a year ago when the signing took place was you need to Matt, see Matt Murray play a little bit of street hockey out there. And that doesn't mean to completely abandon technique. He has really good technique. I mean, I, I think he's um, done a pretty good job of narrowing up his stance and doing some other things this year to try to address that. But it, you're right about the fact that he's not dynamic, you know, and the cane wrap – I think the cane wrap, you can really look at that as a play where a guy's driving the net and you have to seal the ice and he hasn't played in a while. And like you said, you can't just walk back in a lineup after a good week of practice and be a phenomenal NHL goaltender, I don't think. Like, I think it does take several games to make that happen. So I do think there's a little grace period where you need to allow with Murray. I think you still have one or two more games um, and practice weeks here where he should be getting back to where you'd like to see him. But if he doesn't free up those hands and doesn't start collecting pucks on his chest and shoulders and putting them either in good areas or getting whistles out of those, yeah, man, I I do have concerns because that's the same Murray that we've seen over the last couple of years. What is the 16 games to go? So how do you kind of see this thing playing out? You're saying I hope they go with the, the, the hotter goalie or the better goalie, and that's based on the body of work for Murray in the last week of the season, the last two weeks, how much do you need to see for him to take over a game one scenario? Because Samson has been so much better over the course of the, mm-hmm. uh, the 82 game season. Well, that's what you're alluding to is where I'm at as well. Unless Murray just knocks the doors down in the next couple weeks here, it all goes towards Samson to me. You know, I mean, you, you would have to see Murray go on a run where he's putting up about a 940 over the next seven, eight games that he plays to really think that this is the guy that needs to be in the net. But I've seen this before, man. Like, think about Minnesota last year when they traded for Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't know if Cam Talbot lost more than one game in his last, like, 18 starts for Minnesota last year. It was stupid. And he got stuck on the bench. And that's not to say that Fleury had come in and played poorly or anything. It's just that he was Marc-Andre Fleury. And people and goalies that have a precedence, that have a reputation, they get a lot of leeway. Like, I see that in Vegas right now, too. He's Jonathan Quick. What happens if you get Logan Thompson back or Laurent Bossois or Aiden Hill before playoffs? You know there's going to be a strong push in the front office, guys, to go with the goaltender that's won a couple Stanley Cups. But the play has to be there to support it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm arguing for, and I'm not sure if Murray can pull that off in this short amount of time, given the injuries he's faced this year. So you mentioned Samsonov and that his season has gone well. Um, you know, you said maybe not the most technically sound or maybe, you know, he, maybe not. Uh, he's he's not the perfect goaltender. He, he's gone. Oh, we lost him? He booped. Oh, I didn't hear the boop. I didn't he have booped. the headset on. Uh-oh, Kipper. He booped. We got a boop. I'll call him back. With no, like, no warning at no all. No indication. Usually they crack up. Yeah. They fade in and out. Yeah. That's when I really give Sammy the hairy eyeball. He got a good answer in before he booped out. You know what? Uh, he, he made an excellent point about 
reputation. Yeah. That's what we're looking at right now. It is 100% the debate that's going on. Oh, my God. Can you imagine those conversations over at uh, the uh, MLSC offices right now? But he's won two cups. Yeah. The last four weeks, they both play, whatever, eight games. Murray's a 9.05, 9.10, and Samsonov's a 9.20. You'll still have people saying, give it to the guy who's won the Stanley Cups. Um, Mike, you back with us? No, nope, he's not back with us. Sammy. <laughs> what's a week He's on the real jobs back there now what's a week on the real kipper and born show without a few dropped calls <laughs> but the samsung american yeah the american mobile system for this one. <laughs> oh, okay we're not blaming sammy no leave it take it easy on sam okay all right that's how much respect i have for you i'm gonna listen to you thanks <laughs> we we were just talking about samsonov or i was asking gonna ask you about samsonov um and just you know what you see from him. I know you mentioned that he's not the most this, that, or the other thing uh, in the league. But has he taken strides this year? Where would you put him? Is he is he a legit number one in the NHL? Uh, I think he's right at the cusp of that. And I think that he's shown that he could easily do it. And he's on the big stage in Toronto. Like think about if you know, think about if Samsonov was playing for a team that really didn't have a lot to fight for. You know, I, I think he'd be pretty clear cut. If you're looking at a team like, oh, I don't know. I mean. Even take where Montreal is at right now. You know, they're trying to groom Montembeau, and Allen's a terrific veteran. Um, but Samson could probably come in and play there. He could easily go to Columbus now and take that job other places. Um, I think I think this year has been a step forward for him. I think that he's earned the trust, at least, of his teammates and coaching staff, whereas that did not feel like it was the case previously with the Washington Capitals. That was always the narrative is that we're not getting consistency. We don't know what we're going to get from Samsonov. Um, I I think it was a wake-up call for him, honestly, to have to go to another team to kind of come up with your tail between the legs and realize, man, I got to work. I'm not just a first-rounder anymore. I'm just another body. And I think that's really mattered. You know, like I, there's been a couple blow up games this year, um, but I think for the most part, I haven't seen those big swings. I'd like him to stay on his edges more and be a little bit more patient. That's the only time I think he gets in trouble. I do think there's times against some of the best teams that he starts to press. He tries too hard. I'd like to see him just keep relaxed um, and stay patient on his edges. And I think it would fare a little better. We're talking to Mike McKenna, daily face off hockey analyst, um, Mike, 16 games to go. I brought up the name Joseph Wall to come in and maybe maybe put some some healthy pressure or competition in the likes of a Matt Murray to get his numbers back up. Uh is is there time for that? Uh I don't think with this many games left. Uh and I also don't think that the pressure tactic is really going to make a difference for Murray. Um I think it's very internalized at this point. And I would also argue that you want Joseph Wall playing as many games as he possibly can in the American League and keeping his confidence high because you don't know if you're going to need him. And if you've got a three-headed monster at the NHL level, um, and that's not even dealing with, you know, there's a bit of cap relief, obviously, with O'Reilly out. But I would much prefer to keep Wall playing at the American League, um, keep him rolling, because I think he's got a future with the Toronto Maple Leafs and in the NHL. Um, I just think of this year, it's a foregone conclusion. You've got Murray and Samsonov. And if that's who they're going to run with, I think you need to try to get the best version of Murray you can. Um, and probably the best way is for him to continue playing games and for Wall down the American League level as well. 
He was going to ask you about a couple other situations around the NHL now that we've covered off on these three guys. You mentioned the Vegas situation uh, a little earlier. What are your thoughts on the realistic, I guess, is it possible that Quick is their guy and actually they, they roll with him in the postseason? I, I, his numbers have just been awful this year, Mike. Yeah, it, it, there's no way around it. I mean, Quick and Cal Peterson were losing games for the Los Angeles Kings. And talking to a lot of people that I know in and around that team in LA, they couldn't wave Jonathan quick. You can't wave Jonathan quick. You know, he's a franchise icon and legend and an expiring contract. I think they went absolutely to the end of the rope with him to try to keep him there and make it work. And it just wasn't. Now, as far as him going to Vegas, I know his numbers look amazing and he's three and Oh, the first two games he played were okay against Tampa Bay um, and his first start at home was pretty good too. Now, his latest game against Carolina is easy to look at, 33 safe shutdown and go, wow. And he did make some big saves. He also didn't face a single odd man rush. He also faced a lot of shots from the outside. And that's the way Vegas plays. If you look at all five goaltenders, they've got pretty good statistics. So what matters for me is Vegas, it's the eye test on the goaltenders, and it's the advanced metrics. The advanced metrics aren't great for any of their goalies. But the eye test is what you got to look for here. Is Quick made any changes to his game whatsoever over the last decade? I haven't seen them. And the last five years have shown that it's problematic in the NHL. He's been a below average goaltender for four out of those five years in every statistical category. That being said, boy, is that guy motivated. And boy, does he want to beat the Kings if right. you face him in the first round. And he's also playing behind two defensemen in Braden McNabb and Alec Martinez that he has all kinds of familiarity with from their Kings days. So could King, so quick went to the best place imaginable for him in the NHL because I'm really not sure how many other NHL places there were out there for him. It's a great place for him. I, I hate that I'm doubting a two-time Stanley Cup champion, but he's going to have to prove it to me, and I need to see him challenged in some of the games going down the stretch. Consecutive games for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, blowing uh, or uh, uh, coming from a, a two-goal deficit. They they save one Saturday night. They give one up last night. But um, the one Saturday night was against uh, Stuart Skinner, who is really – shaping up to be the guy for the Edmonton Oilers come game one here is a Saturday night uh, where he doesn't close out uh, a three, one lead, something that could, you know, hurt him in in terms of prepping him for, for game one. Well, uh, considering that his goalie partner and Jack Campbell has done that quite a few times um, and given up a lot of goals this year, I don't think it's too much of a worry. Um, But I think that, with this club, it's an interesting mix in Edmonton because look at the win losses for both of those goaltenders. You know, you're not far off between Skinner and Campbell, amazingly, in terms of the win column. But you look at the scoring between the two, and Skinner's numbers look pretty good. Campbell's numbers do not look good. Edmonton has to score a lot of goals to keep in the game with Campbell, and it ends up being a track meet. Now, he did have a great run in early January. Uh, where he was phenomenal for a while, but he's he's riding that roller coaster again. I think when it comes down to Skinner, this is a guy who's got a pretty good mentality. I think he's a consistent goaltender. He's not a game stealer in the NHL yet. He may have that in him, um, but he's going to be the guy there. I don't see how Campbell could be the guy for the first game unless, again, he's lights out from here on out. And Campbell does have that ability, though, guys. That's why I think you have to have two goalies in Edmonton because Campbell, you'll get him for seven or eight great games. But if you're Jay Woodcroft, you got to know when to get him out of there and go to Skinner if that's the direction you choose to go. Skinner would be the safe route. Campbell would be the roll of the dice.
and I don't know how you play that. I cannot coach that team because I don't know which I would trust more um, for a short period of time. Over the long period, it would be Skinner. But if you needed one big game, it's it's a tough call because Campbell has pulled those off before. It just hasn't happened with regularity. Yeah. You know, the big concern when we talk about the Leafs, and this last one for me here, Mike, we appreciate your time, um, was, was thinking about the series they're going to play. They're definitely going to have the second best goaltender as long as Andre Vasilevsky is in the net for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Going through his season a little bit in January, the guy's a 946 save percentage, you know, and, and he's got some months this year that are like are similar to that otherworldly. He hasn't been great for a little bit here. He's been an 865 in his last six games here this month. Is there any chance there's some cracks in his game? Like Tampa's defensive game hasn't been as good and he looks like he's struggling a little bit right now too. What's kind of been interesting with Vasilevsky is that he's had some real blow up games in the last couple of weeks, yeah. six goals against five, six. He had a seven spot earlier in February. Now here's what has always made him so great. He allowed seven February 6th against Florida. What does he do the next game? 30-shot shutout against the Avalanche. Yeah. That catches your eye real fast. Yeah. Okay, he allows six against Buffalo. That's February 23rd. What's his next game? 25th against Detroit. 45-shot shutout. <laughs> um, but then again now, he allowed five against Pitt and comes back with six against Carolina. And that's where I kind of think that you can do that for a while, um, but you can't keep it up forever. And... I think Vasilevsky is still the guy in the NHL that if you want to win one game, you're sticking him in the net. I doubt, I'm be, if you guys disagree with me, I'd like to hear a different name. He's yep. still the guy. But, I man, I watch Tampa Bay, and I think that they've got half of their forwards skating pretty hard but not very aware in the top half of that. And the bottom half has looked a little disjointed and slow of their forwards. And I don't think Janot has really clicked just yet there. They're still trying to figure out third, fourth lineup pairings. Is, Pear Mark, is Edward out of the lineup, Belmar? I think that's a problem area for them. And and I'm not sure defensively if they were able to add what they needed to on the blue line at the trade deadline. So I think Tampa's been loose. They can obviously score. I don't think Vassie's been at his absolute top of his game, but I don't see major cracks to it. I think Tampa has just gone through this spell where they're, I don't think they had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks, guys, straight up. And I think that kind of festered for a little bit. Um, they're going to need a big couple games here to turn things around. Like they need a really good feel good win. And it starts with Vasilevsky, but I think it goes through that entire group down there in Florida. One more for me, Mike. Um, I always find it fascinating to listen to, to coaches uh, publicly comment on struggling goalies. And last night, I don't know if you heard the comments about Sheldon Keefe, but uh, despite the numbers of Matt Murray, he was great last night and basically, you know, everything in front of him stunk. Um, and I'm just wondering, does that go a long way uh, for, for goalies? The, the praising when, when there's bad numbers, is there something noble about Sheldon taking one for his goalie? Um, does it work? Does it help build Matt Murray's loyalty to him to be better? You're a leader as a coach, right, Kip? Like, imagine if you got out there and you got your face beat in five times in a row and the coach stood up there after the game and go, yeah, yeah, Kip can't fight, man. He shouldn't be doing that anymore. I don't know why we have him out there. <laughs> well, actually, it did happen at the end of my career. <laughs> 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 but seriously, like, like, think about that and how you'd feel with it. You know, even though you've shown up, you've done everything you can for your teammates, you've put the work in, and you just had a bad stretch where you ate some, ate some knuckles, you know? Um, I think it's really important, especially with Murray coming back from injury, 
knowing where he factors in with this team in Toronto, that he supports them. And, and I don't I don't disagree with that assessment because he's speaking about the goals that went in. Those weren't bad goals that went in last night, folks. They weren't. They were from three feet away, like you said, chip-ins and, and tap-ins from close. Could he cover vertically a little better? Maybe. That's something to work on. I'm more worried about the process of his game. I do think, like I say, those rebounds are problematic. He's robotic. But Keith's doing the right thing here to back his players because he's trying to keep that culture right before playoffs. You don't want anything to go sideways especially when you lose a game to Buffalo. Okay. The team's coming along, but there's still a rival. They're right down the road from you. Um, you don't want to let that fester. You want to get ready for the next game. And I think to me, it was just a vote for Murray saying, Hey, you're back in here. We trust you. We're going to be a part of this. I'm going to back you no matter what, but behind closed doors, guys, it may be a different story. You never know that. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just the reality of this. Right. We know that for sure. Hey Mike, always a pleasure having you on our show. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing a great job. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to, guys. And I'm going to go uh, visit that T-Mobile store and give them a piece of my mind for you, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, buddy. Mike Appreciate McKenna, it. Daily Face you, on Hockey Analyst. He does a, a fantastic job and, yes. you know, always gives me something else to kind of look at for sure. And, yeah, I mean, I did want to ask that question to him about Sheldon protecting Matt Murray. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he played that role. Like, there's no question that, forwards or defense they don't get that same kind of shield or buffer zone because there's mm-hmm. just there's only one goalie that can play for you at a time yeah. you gotta you gotta think about really those type of comments and the repercussions of of maybe the psychological disadvantage or advantage you can get from coaches comments it's just funny because i remember earlier in this season uh samsonov was going through it a little bit and said after game that he never felt comfortable it might have been his return to Washington. Like he didn't feel great. And Sammy was talking about Murray who had just gone out and lost a game and said, yeah, you know, we'll get him next time. Like he was the guy who seemed like pretty unflapped, unflappable. And um, yeah, I, I just think the injury thing hurts him in more ways than just, you know, being injured. Like it gets in your head that maybe he can't do the same things that maybe it makes him rustier. Like the injuries have more effect than just missing some games to me. And it's hurt his chances of being the best goalie he can this year. The other thing Mike McKenna just did is he kind of talked me out of Joseph Wall. Did he? Yeah, he did. He did. I like the idea of letting him continue to play. Yes. And I agree with that. Yeah. And also that you don't need to build any more pressure than's already there on either Matt Murray or, or even Wall. Like. Yeah. It, don't overthink it. Just if go you're getting our, called up, we'll tell you that day. Listen, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And just go in there and, and react. Don't yeah. overthink meat. It's bad yeah. for the ball club. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So I'll uh, retract my request to Luke Fox to ask about Joe Wall down the stretch here, Kipper. Yeah. Okay, no, I'll, I'll retract uh, the request. No, we'll still have it for a great Kipper's Clipper. Oh, okay, okay. So we're just putting him to the wolves for a sake. <laughs> yeah, we're we already know what the answer is. I do think you're getting fire breath on that one. Luke, Luke how dare you? Luke's response to my text was, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, Luke. You don't have to. No, Luke, Luke's going to go in there and go, okay. Um, Sheldon, I didn't want to ask this. This is from Nick Kiprios from the Real Kipper and Born <laughs> well, Show. I mean, yeah, if we, got him, on, if we got him on the show, we could just ask him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> That is true. Well, maybe PR will but set that up for us. I think he can he can still come in and do a great job if he just comes in and is right out of the Marlies. Yeah. Right? A goalie's a goalie. No expectations. No, zero. By just, the way, 
if we get there, we're in trouble. Like they're down three Cobb or like, it's not, wow. it's not a pretty situation if we're going throw yeah. in wall. Yeah. Somebody's hurt. Somebody's things have gone awry. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, still doesn't mean it won't happen. So yeah, that quick one's interesting. That is, but it's, it's actually a larger version of what we're doing here in Toronto where you're With saying Murray? this guy has done it. So that's worth X compared to how he's currently playing. It's true. It's two time cup champion. Like, the parallels are endless. Yeah. He's just older, I guess. And, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Memory, not so much. There's always someone that still thinks he got it. For sure. And you just got to find that person. And, uh, maybe it's Kyle Dubas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a break. We got Adam Oates uh, coming on the other side. Let's we'll get it. into uh, McDavid's dominance. And his appearance at the Junos last night. Did you hear that? I heard on a different show that he announced Nickelback. Yes. Which to me is the most predictable Connor McDavid band <laughs> of all time. I'm yes. so unsurprised. But Nickelback is actually quite good, right? Like, it's just like they're the coolest band to hate on, but they're quite good. Yes, they are good. They're a good band. Yeah. They're like most- historically, they have put out very popular music. And listen, they... Uh, like they sell out worldwide tours, they're very well selling. So do the Wiggles, bud. But, wow, come on, they're a good Canadian band. Nickelback no, is a judge or they are. I'm not, not going to sit here and do the thing. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't thought about them they, in about 18 years. Yeah, well, they're still making 60 mil a year <laughs> oh, on worldwide tours. So, so is Nickelback, are. baby. <laughs> okay, Adam Oates, Connor McDavid, the Wiggles. After the break. <laughs> Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, as promised before the break. Let's welcome in Hall of Famer, former NHLer and president of Oates Sports Group, Adam Oates. Oatesy, how are you, pal? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, I take it uh, on a Saturday night, you had a lot of fun maybe sitting back and, and watching uh, <laughs> McDavid, uh, uh, Matthews, Marner show. Uh, the amount of skill was unbelievable uh, portrayed that night. It sure was, wasn't it? Like, what a, what, what, a, what a treat for people to see the talent that those guys have. When, uh, when you listen, we got to play in an era where we watched brilliance a lot. You know, whether it was you passing the puck or or Gretzky or, or Lemieux, um, it just seems like now McDavid is is head and shoulders above everyone else. Is that fair to say, or is that not giving others? A ton of credit as well. Um, you know what? He he's having an absolute fantastic season, and he does it every night, and you see it every night. And you don't, you know what? You, you definitely. I've always felt you want to compliment someone, and you hey, you play with the best, right? Like you, you know, like how do you say Gretz is that much better than Mess? Or uh, and you know, I got to play against all those guys, right? Like Gretzky and, and Mario, like 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 you're splitting hairs. Yeah. But, but Connor is having an absolute fantastic year. He does get to play with Leon. 
he does get to play on a team that likes to score goals. Uh, but but he's also doing it right, and and you know what, it's it's one of those, it's just you got to sit back and it's a treat to watch. You know, I'm curious to get your take on skill around the league that isn't on a team. I'm going to Trevor Zegers specifically. This guy is an all world phenom. Kids are emulating him, talking about him, but he's playing on the Anaheim Ducks, who are not in competitive hockey games. He can maybe try some things that he wouldn't be allowed to try. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Zegers' season and his skill versus like being a coach and the actual contribution of using that skill towards winning? Well, you know, uh, Trevor's actually one of my clients. And, yes, he's a very talented man. Yeah. But for me, per- for me personally, there's a difference between Instagram skill and skill. Right. And he's kind of got both. And I'm trying to get the Instagram out of there. (laughs) You you know what? And and he's great about it, where he's like, I just can't help myself sometimes. And, and yeah, he can do things I can't do and never could, never would have thought of, right? So I get that. But if you're trying the Michigan goal, how many times has he succeeded with it? Is it once, twice? I don't know. Yeah, twice. Yeah. How many times has he tried? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Fifteen? Two hundred. That's a good question. No, 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 no. 200? Oh, <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, that's not a good ratio. <laughs> but exactly. And that's 198 times that you might be open in the slot looking for a pass. Mm-hmm. Wow. So is it Yes. Is it fantastic? Yes, it is. It's fantastic. Like, the one especially, uh, I think it was in Buffalo, they gave the Milano. Incredible, yeah. because he actually sort of picked it up and saw him. Right? So that's incredible. Yeah. And it is incredible. But what I keep telling him is, like, like he scored a goal between his legs that night. Fantastic. Then the next night, he tried it again in Calgary, and he, and he lost the fucking whiff. And the, what I don't want is him to get hurt because he's sticking a stick between his legs, number one. And number two, what if there's a teammate open? Because sooner or later, your teammates are not going to like you. Like, they see it. But well, I want to pass too, right? Yeah. So, so to me, I want to improve his success rate. If you have a window of opportunity to try that play, go ahead. Otherwise, make the right hockey play at that time. Last time I checked, you get 80 helpers. They're going to like you too. I would imagine that, you know, with a, with a guy now like Pat Verbeek, uh, these conversations must be going on daily, not just you and your client. I would think so, Kipper, because at the end of the day, I'm sure Pat sees his talent, his brilliance. And and you know what? Like, are you going to run a power play? Um, I want, I'm sure Pat wants to grow those aspects of his game as well, right? And and just become a complete hockey player day in and day out. And, you know, with the, I, we all like the occasional one. I got no problem with it either. But if you're looking to do it all the time, I think that's personally a mistake. Yeah, I can see that. The... Um... You know, I want to draw on your coaching experience, too, and ask you what you think about what's going on in Toronto going 11-7. and seven. You know, I, I tweeted last night, I just, it feels like there's some, uh, it, it takes a lot of the coaches' attention, always thinking about what the situation is, who's got gas left in the tank, you're kind of mix, mixing things up all the time. To me, it really, it, it takes your attention away from coaching the rest of the aspects of a hockey game. What are your thoughts on going 11-7 and seven in your, your experience? Um. You know what? It, sometimes it's very difficult. I, I got a feeling they're they're experimenting because they brought some guys in. 
uh, they've got a history the last couple of years, what they probably think they need to focus on going in the playoffs. They're probably trying to experiment with how that's going to work out. Um, uh, I know that they got 9D right now, so I think there's a little bit of rotation. I, you see Boston doing that as well. So I think, I think it's a lot of posturing and maneuvering to try and figure out, depending on who they match up against, what are we going to do? OT, um, last year we were talking about Austin Matthews in the same regards that we're talking about Connor McDavid this year, a uh, historic uh, uh, year for him last year. Uh, this year he might be hard-pressed to reach 40 goals uh, the way his season's been hot and cold. Do we underestimate, does the average Joe watching right now underestimate the the mental strain it is going from having that type of season to having another one is that does that get talked enough about the pressure I would, I would say that, yeah for sure i mean everybody knows the stats everybody and we, and we always know them and then if you look at the guys in the west coast when they show up at the arena they're looking to see who scored on the east coast tonight um everybody's watching to see how many that guy got so it's constant that's a constant evolution I also know that Toronto hasn't played him with Marner as much this year. So I'm sure that's got something to do with it. Um, and you know what? It's, uh, it hasn't quite been as easy for him this year, but I've also watched him lately. I thought he's played really good lately. Um, so, you know what? It's just it's one of the things. He's always going to be an elite goal scorer. And, you know what? We're always looking at high numbers. It's, and that's the pressure that he's, you know, he's put on himself with his success. Well, see, I'm working on a little project for Sportsnet on, you know, creating offense and the things that really, really make a difference that contribute that contribute to quality chances. And one of the biggest things seems to be moving the puck across the middle of the ice, making a pass, that sort of puck movement. Um, you know, what sort of things do you talk about with your guys about things that create quality uh, chances in the NHL? You know what, we have, a, we have sort of a system of, like, when you think about it, obviously power play, that's number one, right? And then number two would be outnumbered situations. You're entering the zone. Is there something available on an entry? And then there's the five-on-five five game. And every team has different rules, right? Some teams like low to high. Some teams want to go D to D. Uh, I, I like my guys playing behind the net. I like the guys battling behind the net. And that makes you have to battle. You have to win a battle. You got to you got to be prepared to battle, and then you know what? You got to try and win one, and you got to escape on your backhand. Sometimes, can you do that? And that's a lot of skill necessarily to be able to do that. So, at the end of the day, you need to be able to take advantage of every situation if possible, which sounds easy, but it's not, of course. Well, we saw that behind the net last night on the on the game winning goal with uh, Tuck. Was that uh, who set exactly that up? Exactly right. Is it Thompson? Yeah, Tage Thompson, Thompson yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's exactly what you're talking about. And Buffalo's pretty good at creating. Yeah, you look at last year in Calgary, Johnny Goudreau and Kachuk, they took turns being back there, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were plus They were plus 60. 60. Yeah. That... And you know what? It's hard, but, it, but I'm not going to lie, it's hard back there. It is. But you got to be willing to win a battle. But if you get – but you think about it, the other team, the goalie's got to hug the post. The other team, the net picks them. 
So now they have to sort of find coverage, look for that other guy. They lose track of where certain guys are, like the defensemen. So if you can win a battle back there and find a seam, which obviously Gretz was the best, that there's openings and it's a 15-foot shot. I love those plays. Do you find that defensive structure has changed? Like, I remember for a long time, every team played a zone defense. It feels like a lot of teams have gone back to a man-on-man or at least a man-on-man below the sort of hash marks. Has it changed over the years? Yeah, they they tried different stuff. They tried to swarm one time. Um, I would say that they're they're definitely still sagging a lot. You know, and that's why why you have to win battles because a lot of teams are trying this third guy high, which is okay. Like, it works at times, too. But now you take a forward, and he goes out to the point. So, like, let's say he shoots it. Now he's at the blue line. So if nothing good happens, it's two against five down there. And he's not going to get caught diving in as F3 because we get yelled at for that. (laughs) So now it's like, so you get a lot of one-and-dones because of that. Oh, so you also get yelled at a lot when you turn the puck over in front of your own net. Uh, Saturday (laughs) night we saw McLeod... uh, serve one up that Mitch Marner absolutely uh, feasted on and it changed the whole complexion yeah. of the game. Is it just a foregone conclusion now that players are allowed to do that um, and it's just a matter of, you know, better execution? Because I, I know where I, my ass would be at the moment I made a pass like that. Yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, yes. You know, you're coming out from behind the net. There's a four checker. You got to know where he is. You got to be able to execute. That's another skill, right? You ask your D all the time. Hey man, I, I need you to break us out. They got, you know, in the neutral zone. It's a one-two-two. Can you beat the first guy, please? You put on your partner's tape and beat that guy so we can get some territory. And you know what? Mitch is obviously a fantastic, crafty guy with a great stick and picked his pocket. Yeah, it's a thing he's exceptional at. You know, I just want to get your thoughts on. The Toronto Maple Leafs and their chances against the Tampa Bay Lightning as they uh, almost certainly are forced to play each other here uh, coming up in about four weeks. Leafs, uh, your Tampa's struggling a little bit. Do you think this is the year the Leafs can finally find a way through? I would say, honestly, Tampa is not the same team they were. You know, when you win a cup, uh, guys get raises, and with the cap, it affects some of your depth. Um, so I would say, yeah, uh, I would say Toronto's added some pieces that I think are very helpful. Uh, I think they're a very good team, and you know what? It's uh, it, Maybe it's time. Ka- Ka- Carolina lost Sveshnikov last night. That's uh, going to be devastating for them. Yeah, it really Great is. Player. It changes a lot in the East, I think. It does. It really does. You know, like that, that, that could be devastating for them. And they're a very, very, very good team as well. You know, Toronto obviously can score goals at will. That is not their problem. You know, can you match up a team? Can your penalty killing, can your D-zone coverage um, do the job? Ryan O'Reilly, the right guy for you at the trade deadline for the Leafs? Uh, You know what? Yes. Really good player, big game player, uh, can play every situation, uh, you know, he knows the situation going in, so I, I, I really like that move. And the mere f- fact that he's been there and he's done that, you think, unfortunately, losing him can slow down the process of, of leading off the ice, being a guy that can grab somebody by the collar every once in a while and saying, we need more? Yeah, that that definitely factors in. That That's a, that's a very good point, Kevin, like really good in terms of the last month keeping us on, on the right on the right path, right? Yeah. 
And, but hopefully he'll get back, and that the boys will feel that because that is one of his great qualities. Sure is. Hey, OT, always a pleasure, man. Great insight uh, in everything. Uh, really appreciate your time. Oh, anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Adam Oates now uh, doing a lot of work. Uh, he's the president of Oates Sports Group, and he's got uh, a ton of clients, and a lot of them sometimes looking like Oatsy. My favorite part of that interview is him talking about Zegris and being like, he's got Instagram skill and real skill, and we're trying how to get rid of I, one. How come when I say it, I'm the dinosaur, <laughs> but when the Hall of Famer says it, it's like, yeah, he should but, get off that thing. He had Scott Niedermeyer on last year, and he said the exact same thing Yeah, with, with Zegris. Oh, yeah. how they're trying to work on that. I actually love the other thing I love, which I never, he always, that's why I love having him on. He always brings up something that I never thought of, but the winning the battle coming and being able to handle the puck on your backhand coming out of the battle mm-hmm. is such an interesting thing that I would never think of, but it happens so often behind the net where you have to fire that backhand pass. Oh, it's a dry side from, of feasts. And same with, and like you said last night, Tuck, who beats McCabe and no look backhand pass right on the tape to Tuck. It's it's you know, such in fairness, an important I don't even skill. think he beat McCabe. You no, know, McCabe just, was fine position. He just made a behind the back sick play. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, McCabe no, was just yeah. he was the closest oh, guy who was elite. All, <laughs> all <laughs> high talent. And, yeah, you know the other thing is like they're big, they're big and they're strong and they got long sticks and size matters. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I there's like I would say there's a resurgence in the awareness of people being aware of this. Like the Penguins won the cup in 16, 17, 17, 18, and they were a smaller team. And people were like, maybe you don't have to be big anymore. And then like the next five or six years, it's been big teams that have, that have won the cup. So it is a relevant thing. You know what I thought was interesting was his point about, and this is something the Leafs do is they run a forward high in the offensive zone between the D and they're, they get a pass. And then, you know, this kind of creates a coverage problem. Do you come out and, which it's a coverage problem, but what are you creating from there that's dangerous? You know, at best you pull someone away, but yeah. if you get a shot, yeah, you're nowhere near it to outnumber the other team. Shin so, pads a lot of time. Yeah. I, I like the idea that it does create difficulty for the defense, but it's almost like you've got a bad three-point shooter stand outside before the three-point line, and you're like, have it. Yeah. You can have it yeah, out there. We Russell, don't care. Russell Westbrook from the three-point line, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you can chalk it up it. there, baby. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting note, because I typically have watched that and been like, ooh, I like that, but... Yeah, what what have I really seen generated off it? Not a ton. And it gets tighter and tighter as we get towards the playoffs. Yeah. And a lot of teams are more capable and content to let you yes. have the puck Go. and just say, yeah, Go. you can have it on the paint. Yeah. Good luck bringing you it still to this come back part. Here eventually. Right. This is where you need to get to, and yeah. we'll be here. Yeah, so waiting. That has that, typically been a problem for Toronto. It has, especially around Hedman, Sergeyev. Mm. And McDonough. McDonough. Who's no longer there. Nope. And that's part of the change that Adam Oates was just talking about with Tampa. Like, sometimes it has to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chernak is a guy who can help them there too, but he's hit and miss. Like, Bogosian, when he was here, I think some people thought, yeah. ah, I don't know if he can do it anymore. Cole. It's been two years now. Cole, Perbix, Hayden Flurry. Yes. You know, like, once you get past their top three or so, you like where the Leafs look or how the Leafs look. Yeah, but. You also look at their top. No, I don't. You play half the game. Yeah. Right. So you're going to have to attack the time that they don't play. Which is why you want to have improved depth. Which is you know they've done. So the worst part is you don't just have to beat them once, eh? Like they go and beat Tampa in in a game, and it's like again. Now three more times. Again, 
with before they beat you four okay, times? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's... All right, Adam Oates also mentioned Sveshnikov out for the rest of the season. I think uh, the Canes made uh, an yeah. official announcement that he they will did. have uh, season and playoff ending surgery. Yes. That, as Oatsy said, is devastating. Ugh. And you've got to wonder now in the East uh, where that kind of leaves Carolina in the first round against a wild card team that became a little bit easier to defend. Yeah. Because Sveshnikov, although his numbers aren't fantastic, like it. He's so hard to defend. Yeah. Big, strong. Oh, and you should and see he's playoff player. There, there's, there's teams now going good. Great. Good. Oh, if you're the Penguins right now. So, first off, Mike Kelly put this out on Svechnikov. His team ranks uh, on Carolina. Third in goal and goals and assists. Second in points. Second in expected goals. Third in ozone possession. Third in slot passes. Third in slot shots. Third in rush chances. First in rebound chances. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. Like he's a top dog for them in a major way. So to your point, if you're the 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 first wild card team is going to get the Bruins night night, the second wild card team is going to get either Carolina or New Jersey. If you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, I, Carolina I, minus Fetchnikov. Oh yeah, who, who do you, you like? Who are you picking? I because I would much rather play Carolina than New Jersey. Carolina minus Fetchnikov. Yes. Even New Jersey yeah. is is young, though, you know, like in terms of their most important people. And we've seen in Toronto, it can take some experience. The Penguins have. Yes. The Penguins would be Tampa Bay versus old Toronto, right? Like this is young stars on the come up versus wily guys who know how to do it. I'm just looking at their, like they are a deep team in terms of they have good players on all four lines, right? Pittsburgh? No, uh, Carolina. Like they're still a oh yeah, really good team. But they've always they also have Jesse and, and, top and, end guys. And a solid blue line, right? That's they also where have they eat. Yes. That's, yeah. they're great there. They also have Jesse Puliyarvi on the top line. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that just brings <laughs> me uh, to the next topic here. At least with uh, Carolina, is like this is where again, if yeah. you want to compete for a Stanley Cup. This is the old kind of you need six, seven, eight, defend, uh, nine defensemen. Mm. You need depth. Yeah. And they they go cheap. That's why the Pooley RV's there. They go cheap. And this I, is going to come back and haunt them that they did not. Yeah. Not that you can forecast a star player going down, but it, you have to have those conversations. If we lost so-and-so, who's there? I, they could have got Timo Meyer. Carolina could have. They didn't want to part with picks. Yeah. Well, they're going to part with a Stanley Cup chance. Right. You know, that that is the a team that has been this close for this long. I don't know how many years they've been real contenders. Three straight years. Yeah. And not making a bigger move at the deadline. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. It's bad luck with the Svechnikov thing, but they didn't protect against it in any meaningful no, way. they did not. What draft was that, Sammy? Svechnikov's? Was that um, Darlene? Yeah, it was. It was. Definitely was. And where was was uh, Sveshnikov number two or three? I think I'm just pulling it up right now. Remember when he was 19 and Ovi punched him in the mouth? Oh, my God. He punched him out. Yeah. Yeah, it was. He was two. And then Kakanyemi, who plays for the he goes, and then he went over there. eh? Kakanyemi one? Yeah. Because you know who went fourth? Yeah. Brady Kachuk. Oh. Oh. Oopsie. (laughs) (laughs) Oopsie. Oopsie. That is a oopsie. Yeah. Oh, Kachuk is like I've said this to you guys before, but if we we're 
drafting our teams from a pool of players in the league, Brady Kachuk would be scary high on my yeah, list. Yeah, well, would, would you take? We've done the Brady point take, thing. He's got forty-one now. Would yeah. you take? Uh, if you were Buffalo, would you take in a do-over? Brady over Dalian? Yes. Would you? No, I don't think so. Now that you're at this point with Darlene, I think I you like got... Darlene. This is not a Darlene knock. I just love Brady. Kachuk. I Me too. Yeah. Me too. That one's uh, yeah. That's you, a good one. You, he, Brady Kachuk, like Ottawa's doing, is a centerpiece, identity yeah. guy. But he's all in. He's just he's miserable to play against. Oh, right? Miserable. Like he's just. Like, and I love defense too. Yeah. Now that you got Owen Power and you know you got power, it's a lot easier to say I would. You know, because you want that number one D and you wouldn't have had it. But then now that you know you have power, it's a lot easier to go in a redraft, I would. If you're a smaller defenseman and you're like Brady Kachuk's in front of the net on the power play and you're trying to defend, you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. You take a Brady over uh, a healthy Sveshnikov too, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 What's Brady got for goals? I think he's... He's at 26 in the year. Yeah. Like he's gonna 66 have a, points in 66 games. He'll so have far. a 40 goal season at some point. Yep. He had 30 last year. He's a, yeah, I know. Like, he must be 23 or four or something like that. Yeah, if you're redrafting that draft, which is a really interesting one, you know, that's, you know, Quinn Hughes went seven in that draft. Like, there's, it's an interesting one looking down the, the name of guys. Who the Leafs get? I don't know if they had a first round pick in that one. They did. Rasmus Sandin, 29th. All right, speaking of uh, injuries. Has Rasmus Sandin scored five, any any more points? I haven't really been keeping track. Is he red <laughs> hot still? I just know that Lilligren bigged him up in some interview well, recently. How many points does he have, seriously? Eight points in four games. <laughs> He's Dmitry Orlov in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> they got <laughs> points back. Yeah. He's just, yeah. yeah it's... It, anybody got eight points on the lease? In the last four games uh, outside of Well, Mitch probably Mitch, yeah. yeah. Mitch has no a defense. Yeah, no, 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 not a not a real concern. All right, um, Lekkonen, Colorado, out four to six weeks. Will not play against Toronto tomorrow night with they, a broken finger with the Ryan O'Reilly injury. They've had brutal what injuries. Promises between those two. <laughs> Apparently not. Not a lot of finger pointing. Brutal injury luck this year for them. Colorado, oh, awful. Everyone's been hurt. Just does not end. I guess that's. I guess that's. Part and parcel with a long run to the Stanley Cup Finals and guys get banged short up summer. in short summer and like it's just maybe that something to do with it. It's a grind to get there. You, uh, you didn't clip uh, Nathan McKinnon's comments, did you? I didn't, but I can tell him what yeah. he said. What did he say? He said that uh, I'm just pulling it up here. Give me two seconds. Uh oh. He's. Um, can you hear me typing? He's, he's now they're they're playing let the underdog. Let me update I you on where Colorado's at while he's looking yeah. it up. He said, uh, "I'm not." He's like, "I'm sure nobody wants to see us in the first round if we are in a wild card spot." Why is he talking about the wild card spot? They're in third in the Central right now, barely. Well, yeah, I guess they're going the wrong way a little bit. Now, now they're the underdogs. Is that what it is? Sure. That that's big in. In the start of the playoffs, coaches just desperately vying to position their team as the underdog. Wait till you hear Sheldon Keefe talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning before this playoff series. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This Tampa Bay Lightning team he is, is going to be the best team on earth. He is going to wax time. poetic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there, you know, I can predict it now. Been to, Just getting redundant. <laughs> been to three Stanley Cup finals. You know, all their guys have been there. I mean, listen, they're half Hall of Famers, guys. Yeah. I mean, the goaltender's the best person on, to ever exist. So you know? they are one point up on a wild card spot, uh, Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And what's uh, I know we're going to get into probably uh, Colorado a lot more on tomorrow's show as uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, await them. 
but Gorgiev. Is it Gorgiev? Yeah. Yes. Georgiev. No, Gorgiev. No, George. Georgiev. Overall, like, McKenna kind of crowned Samsonov as a, yes, a number one goalie. How about this guy? Mm-hmm. Jury's out. <laughs> Jury's still out. He's having. Sure. He's he's two six three. Nine seventeen save percentage. So he's pretty right? yeah, league. That's, that's yeah, but a little above, a little bit above league average. Okay, so that, that Played, keeps him in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, it, I don't think he'd be any better or worse than Kemper. What's Kemper done this year? Right, like it's, it's you're right. It's crazy looking at the West and what the matchups will be like. I'm going to give you the first round where the to end today. You'd be looking at uh, uh, Colorado, Minnesota. Dallas, Edmonton. Ooh, that's uh, a throwback series. Winnipeg, Vegas, and L.A., Seattle. Like, I don't mean, uh, like, is there, who is a contender there? Colorado's a contender. Edmonton's a contender. Vegas? Don't stay up. Don't stay, don't come to Real Kipper and Born for the detailed breakdown of the Kings series. Of the Kings Seattle snoring. series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, uh, it's funny that Edmonton, Dallas, you think back to all those series that they used to have. When, yeah. when they would be like the closest sweeps of all time where they'd go to double OT in every game and Dallas would beat them in four straight. But yeah. that's funny. Like, you're right. It's just we can get back into the conversation about the East versus West. But, like, look what the first-round matchups would be in the Eastern Conference. Those would be Boston versus the Islanders. Yes. Tampa-Toronto. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes versus the Penguins. New Jersey Rangers. Slugfests. New Jersey versus the Rangers is a thrill ride. How much skill would be in that series? I, I just, I don't, I can't believe the teams that are going home early. Yeah. And like, I don't. About, uh, in the West, Seattle lost last night to yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Are they slipping here? They are. They're they're slipping a bit. They The thing is, there's no one in ninth in the West to threaten them. Like N- Nashville has got two or <laughs> Three games in hand. They do. do. They that's a good point. That's they do six right there. But their team stinks. Yeah, but they suck. And that's a yeah, problem. And they sold. And yeah, they got rid of the good guys. Well, some of them. But no Eckholm, no Tanner Janot. But they are. They're six points behind the Winnipeg Jets, um, but with three games in hand. So theoretically, they're in the hunt. The Calgary Flames are also six points back of the Jets. No games in hand. Oof. They've got Arizona tonight. Flames, yeah. And then. Vegas, Dallas, L.A. Kings. Yeah. Vegas twice, I think, in a week and a half. But they got a lot of California teams, Kings, Ducks, Sharks, Kings. It's not going to happen for them, guys. No, it's not. I've watched a ton of them this year, and it's just, they can't score. No pulse, no puck movement. It's it's confounding to me. They just cannot score. And just like that, right? Just Matthew Kachuk. Okay, we, we, we felt maybe... 50-50 50-50 on Johnny Hockey staying yeah, there. Yeah. But the Matthew Kachuk just turned that franchise upside down. So, yeah. So some of the, like, stat digging I do, they're the worst team at, like, passing the puck. They don't have a lot of offensive <clears> puck <throat> movement. They're kind of stationary, whatever. Oates talked about those guys were always behind the net. 100%. That's right? the first thing I, I thought of when he said it was that, the oh, puck's my just God. just stopped. You're right. He's right. Yeah. Between those two guys and... Uh, uh, Elias uh, Lindholm. Yeah, they were like 
the best line. They were literally the best line in the league by goals for, goals against. Yeah, how do you replace 200 and, what do they have, 210 yeah. points between in those theory, two guys? they're like, we got Huberto and Kadri, but it's like Huberto's got 44 points in 60-some games. and Kadri's numbers came back to yeah, where he's... Yeah, his numbers are good. I think he's got 46 or 49 points in 60 point games. Point game. Yeah, he'll not quite, with, but yeah. He'll finish with 75, 80 points. Yeah, maybe not quite that high, but yeah, it's been a good year. He's good, a, you know, he's been a useful guy. Yeah, good on he's, yeah, he's 49 points, 67, but good on the man. He yeah. had a unbelievable contract year where he went to the Stanley Cup final, he scored a winning goal in the final. Like he did he had the ideal contract. He checked all the boxes. He really did. And he got his like, cup, he got his money. Yeah, it's pretty good to be Naz, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I did mention earlier uh uh Connor Mada- uh McDavid mm-hmm. at the Junos. You want to hear uh Listen to how he opened it up. Okay. Oh, do we have the clip? Get, does, oh. <laughs> oh, boy. This was in Edmonton. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Does <laughs> he say something here? He's coming. He's building it up. This is for you, Sammy. Oh, yeah. He just starts. You guys are too much. You guys are too much. You guys are too much. You know how much I love playing here in front of you guys. So there it is, Sammy. Oh yeah, he's yeah. not coming to Toronto. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he announced it last night at the Juno. And then he drank a cup of actual oil after. That's his commitment <laughs> to the city. Sorry, pal. Uh, we had a poll on our. Oh, it's gone now. But it was over fifty percent of people said that Nickelback rocks. Over 57%, is that what you just said? Over 50%. Over 50%. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, I, you know, it's nice to we see. We do not agree. It's, <laughs> it's nice to see these guys go out and try to, you know, be normal non-hockey robots. But, like, you saw them interviewed on the red carpet, too. And it's just like, oh, my God. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like pulling teeth. I, I feel bad for him. Like, he's obviously not comfortable with it. He just happens to be awesome at hockey. Yeah. Like, there's no thing. It's like, I happen to be the best at this. I don't want to do that part. And they're like, well, Listen. if you're going to do that, you got to do that. Was Sid really, for the majority of his career, any different? Did no. Did he come across? Like, no. They're just hockey players. That's all they want to do is just play. Love the game. Love hanging out with the guys. Sid's behind the scenes. Grown up. He's better now, but he's got his cups. Connor's still got the, like, I don't have the cups the edge. yet. The edge. <laughs> you know, like, Connor needs to get that family wholesome brand, Tim Hortons, like, behind him. That's right. You know, we, we get a little of this on uh, when we watch the basketball uh, TNT with uh, Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. And Shaq. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a, a, a true superstar in the league, but always have that. Eh, you never won anything. Uh, you never won. It's awful, you never, too. You, you're not in the club. It's like Barkley's just, yeah, right? any, anytime he makes, like, a good point and frustrates them, they're just like, you never won. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool to have the, the secret recipe. <laughs> you should drop the trump card, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what band Sidney Crosby would introduce. Oh, Nickelback as well. Okay. <laughs> Except Crosby liked to follow the leader uh, as his favorite or the, album. Or the Rankin family from the East Coast. <laughs> That's probably what it is. It's Sloan all day long. What are you guys uh, talking about? Sloan, yeah. Hey, did we also uh, on YouTube have a, a poll on on Joseph Wall? Didn't I see that? I don't know. I, 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 I never saw that. Sportsnet? Yeah, they're just... Is it gone? Oh, it's gone. They're, they fire them up, and then I'm talking to you guys, and then they go, and they're gone. But. Well, we didn't get a didn't final get result on so, whether or not people wanted to see Joseph Wall in. 
I think I'm going to make Luke Fox ask, <laughs> and then we'll see what happens. 96% said yes. Well, it's always the it's always the best, these polls, the recency bias polls, yeah. where it's just like, who's a, do you trust the least goaltending after? Yeah. And it's like, no! Well, it's dash three, and it's like, is Lillard good? And it's like, no! It's yeah. Yeah. He is good. He's yeah. a very good defenseman. Uh, anything coming out of the general manager meetings at all? Anything? Um, yeah, uh, Kyle Dubas confirmed what we already knew, but he said that uh, Ryan O'Reilly is expected to return to Leafs lineup oh, before the God. playoffs. Thank God. You know, and it's great. Adds, Give his whole body a break, too. With a finger, he can exercise, too. They were that's, very fortunate because of the type of break he suffered to his finger. Oh, good. That's all that's come out that's of significance. That's what happened in Florida. <laughs> Ryan's fine. <laughs> Everybody needed to go to Florida GMs, to find that out. We sent the crew, cameramen, Boy, what's the result? Ryan's fine. And pucks there's over some, the glass. There's some Lottie Dog golf course that doesn't have a lot of tee times today. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> They're down there grinding. What? But apparently, yeah, like we talked about it yesterday, right? Like they're just discussing the fights after clean hits and the puck over glass and it's real, it's real heavy stuff. You know, yeah. Planning the uh, NHL All Star Weekend again. Maybe they're gonna they, have a tough time finding a golf course here, though. Yeah, maybe they could talk about the cap going up. Maybe that should be number one on their thing. Yeah, it's like maybe drive. How how can we drive? I know it's not them that, do, but like maybe they could come up with some theories. The guys that run hockey, maybe we can drive this cap upwards mm-hmm. so that the good teams can sign more good players. How about good teams can keep their good players? Yeah, that would be even. Just pass a hat around the crowd. During the game, to... would you like to keep all your stars? If yes. so, yeah, put a dollar in. Chip in, buddy. <laughs> you already paid for your seats. You want to watch good players or bums? It's like back in the day when the Jays with Jose Bautista, they were like they wanted to sign Urban Santana so bad they were like had like a meeting about taking less on their salary so that they could sign him. That I, happened. That's funny. Yeah. I love the idea that there is a hard salary cap. Anything above that that your fans are willing to contribute, you can also spend. Wow. So a big market like Toronto says, hey, everyone chuck us a five spot and we can raise, what, you know, whatever that equals, $5 million, and we can spend the $5 million. And Arizona Tough Beans, you don't Listen, have the... They do that. It's called renewing your season tickets <laughs> at a, a new 15% Yeah, hike. but that money goes to the whole league salary caps, not just their team <laughs> salary cap. Yeah. I would love... They share... Yeah, oh, they share. They're they're chipping in an old mullet arena down there. Don't oh worry. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'd buy funny. that for a dollar. <laughs> it tries. Yeah, it's got to drink. That'd be nuts. Uh, there's a Connor Bedard game tonight. I think isn't there? Is there? Did I see on the schedule? I, oh, I thought you meant on the lineup. No, no, I don't know. I have uh, no idea. Oh, a a bad yes, match? a really bad. Oh, a Bedard bowl. Yes, a Bedard bowl. Uh, are you I'm talking about Calgary, Arizona? You. Columbus, uh, San Jose Sharks. Columbus, San Jose. That's got to be pretty there it is. Bowl. Yeah. So it's lean. Friends and family watching that one. <laughs> yeah. Tampa, New Jersey tonight. I am continuing my scouting trip on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. I will be. Wa- I'll be watching that closely just to see. It's a big game for them, you know. And they, you know, Tampa, they're fast, as we know, with New Jersey and Tampa's been scuffling a bit. So just the, the amateur scout, I'm going to be watching tonight. Keep an eye on now. People getting hurt. I know. I this know. is the time this of year. The We're time. in the window now. You're, you're a little tired. Mm-hmm. You're not quite near that 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 new juice you're going to get from uh, around the corner playoff yeah. start. Too far away. Like it, it happens. Hey, 
Can we get Bobby McMahon in the damn lineup? He has 18 goals in his last 17 AHL games now. Really? Yeah. That's a phenomenal run. It's ridiculous. That doesn't happen really. And I know he's not here to score, but he had four games with the Leafs, and he was great. Am I out of my mind? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Not that I think he's going to be a big contributor, but, like, rest some guys. You don't need injuries. I know we're running out of time here, but we'll get into it tomorrow. But, like, even a a guy like Holmberg, who came in, looked like he was was gaming, and poof, gone. Disappeared. Alex right? Steves is well, got, right. The problem is they have real bottom six players now. That's, so. true. That's true. Mike McKenna, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Adam Oates, same thing. You guys were fantastic. Enjoy your night. We're back tomorrow teeing up Colorado versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you get a chance, give us a rating and review. We always love hearing from you. Hit the like button, all of that technical stuff that JB likes. I don't I do. care, I me, but he's big, really big fan, insecure. <laughs> Hit the like button. Have a good one.